Hello everybody and welcome to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be going over Quest and Conquer with my guest host. And his name is John C. Your time is up, my time is now. now. You can't see me, my time is now. now. It's the franchise where I'm shining now. now. You can't see me, my time is now. So hello everybody and thank you for coming back to Thematic Commander. Uh, so funny enough, how I've been joking about it forever, about having a guest on, uh, I actually pulled in one of my friends, Dr. Sterling, if you could introduce yourself. Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Sterling and I'm friends with Jay. Ooh, I got him to say it. I got it on recording. He said he was my friend. I can finally... Goodbye. I'm signing you off of Discord. You can't take it away. Um, but thank you, Sterling, for joining me. Uh, this is... I don't think I ever actually described the premise of the show to you, but I'll describe it to you and to all the guests. So this is Thematic Commander, where we go over decks that have a theme to them. Sterling made a deck today for me uh, to go over. Uh, the link will be in the show notes. But Sterling, if you could describe what... Oh, actually, no. I'm sorry. This is actually the section where we go over what we did this week. So how has your week been, Sterling? My week's been pretty good, Jay. I mean, uh, you know, same old, same old these days. I go to work, I come home, I eat, and uh, sleep and repeat the process. That's about all you can do these days. Oh, isn't that nice? It must be nice to be able to eat. Yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> quite a bit um and then how's your week in magic been have you been able to play any games with anybody i was able to play a few games last night actually with uh, a couple friends and i was able to try out a couple new brews that i put together so that was pretty exciting who did you did you end up playing against uh jim and all the other guys uh yes okay what, what did you end up what all what did they end up playing and how did the games go Oh, golly gee. Uh, they played, you know, I can't really remember what they played. There were a few different games, and uh, it, the one disadvantage of, of playing on Spell Table is that it's it's hard to see the cards, and the little clicky doodad doesn't always work. So, you know, sometimes I, I'm just like, hey, what have you got as blockers? And then I call it a thing. <laughs> and you won um, them all, so it really didn't matter in the end. I won one, you know. Oh, okay. Good, so good, good. Yeah, I, I can't complain. But I was playing, I put, uh, I recently put together a set of four uh, budget decks uh, that were $50 each that I am trying to match each other in mm -hmm. power level. So when I teach new people to play, or if I just am playing with friends and want a nice casual game, I can disperse these decks and they'll be a little bit more fun and spicy than pre-con decks, but still not overly powerful. So I was testing out a couple of those. The ones I played last night were uh, Tasa Karlov, uh, which was fun, and then Braids, Conjurer Adept, and Rurikthar. So it was a good variety. Okay. How did... How did um... So I actually just built... I actually just built a Rurikthar deck. Uh, for more of like a CEDH level, how is your is yours like ramp out Ruik Thar as fast as possible? Uh it's it's sorta of like ramp out Ruik Thar. I don't have a ton of ramp in it. It's more so like there are some other 
taxing effects like cinder vines is in there, uh, things like that that'll deal damage. And then it's Rurikthar and a few beaters. Um, I only have uh, a few instances and sorceries, so I popped Primal Surge in there, you know, because, oh. you know, YOLO. <laughs> and I, I did manage to cast it last night, and I got four lands and then hit one of the six instants and sorceries in the deck. And I'm like, well, those four lands were almost worth it. <laughs> this, what is it, a eight, nine, ten? Is it a ten-mana sorcery? Ten. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> so you really want to get some, some good value when you're playing that one. They just printed uh, a nine mana sorcery that gets ten lands, Sterling. Why didn't you just play that one? Uh, well, I'm, you know, you're right. You're are, right. Are you buying any Commander Legends? I am splitting a box with my brother-in-law, which I'm excited about because we're going to actually be able to draft it in person because he is in my bubble but um is he because i don't uh, see him in your house well he's in my buffalo bubble my bubble <laughs> uh, but other than that i am more of a singles kind of guy i i am not huge on the risk of boxes so i prefer to just uh buy some singles what was the what was the text message you sent it was like i don't enjoy uh was it what was the card? What was the what's the Boros card that lets you take an extra turn, but you lose at the end of that turn, and all your creatures are indestructible? Uh, chance for glory. For glory. And that's right. You said I don't like taking the chance on a box, and I just sent you a picture of chance for glory. I was like, you gotta, you have to take a chance, or you won't have any of the glory. No, I, I feel like it would be a slippery slope to start buying boxes because it would be addicting if I did get the cards that I wanted. So I prefer to just spend more money and, and get less cards that I want. So, but that means you end up with cards like Gaia's Cradle and all these other really more expensive cards because uh, I make the mistake and I got three Commander Legends boxes. I mean, it, to each their own, it's, it's also just, uh, where you'd prefer to to put your money. I mean, I'm sure that you'll get so much enjoyment out of three boxes of Commander Legends, but for the same cost, I decided to, to get one card that has provided enjoyment. And but, probably won a couple games, so... But uh, it's also an issue of storage, so... I mean, I don't ever remember enjoying when you played Gaia's Cradle. So I guess your enjoyment is my sorrow. I always enjoy it. So I, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> you son of a gun. Um, <laughs> but so real quick, my games this week, I got to play, I got to play a couple with you uh, and a couple of our other friends uh, in which you killed us very quickly with, well, not very quickly. We killed Omnath quite a few times, the mono green Omnath quite a few times. Uh, and then he, you ended the game with, um, it was Omnath, Finale of Devastation, uh, what was the other, there was another big creature that had haste, and then Inok Bonkin, right? 
No, that's completely wrong. Nope, great. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so I had Omnath out. I cast Overwhelming Stampede. So my creatures got like plus 30, plus 30 and, and trample. trample. And then I did Finale of Devastation for like X equals 20. So they all got plus 20, plus 20 in haste. And then with Finale, I got out Pathbreaker Ibex, which when it attacks, all my creatures get plus X, plus X and trample uh, until end of turn where X is the greatest power among creatures I control. So they ended up being like 80 80s with trample and haste. So that was, uh, it's, I've never been able to, to cast all three of those in quick succession like yeah. that, but it was titillating. And this is why I invite Sterling on to show me up and to explain how we are such bad magic players, how we can get off a five cards all at once and not be interrupted. So, um, yes, good. No, uh, but no, those were fun games. And um, yeah, and then you won that one and then you headed out and we played a couple others after that. Uh, the one game I really wanted to go over was my last, the one and only game I got off on Monday, which is my weekend. I got to play... My Ur-Dragon deck, which is a Jund Dragon-themed deck. Uh, so I'm not playing any other colors besides Jund. A few ways to produce uh, blue and white so that I can cast Ur-Dragon. Uh, needless to say, or not needless to say, because I'm going to say it anyways. I found that if you just fed into the board a few dragons at a time, because I'm playing a lot of four drops so that they're actually three drops... If you feed four fours and six sixes onto the battlefield one at a time, uh, and my other opponents were playing, I think we got Wrathed that game seven times because the one Athreos player, the new Athreos, had a false profit out and was able to coin counter it and keep uh, keep Wrathing the board until we finally got a double Wrath off so that we could get rid of the false profit. Uh, and then I was able to get in with Ur-Dragon Swing hit the Athreos player, he coined my Ur-Dragon, it died, I got out uh, Tyrant of Jund, stole back my Ur-Dragon, swung at him again, uh, now he's at 20 points of commander damage. Uh, that's not how I killed him, though. Um, what ended up happening is at the end of the game, everybody had basically wasted all their, or not wasted, but used all their resources, and since I had like a Dragon's Horde, a Harmonize, Ur-Dragon out a couple times, I was able to keep my hand full. To the point where I, in one turn, had 24 mana that I could produce, not including the reductions from Ur-Dragon. So then I played... What's the Viashino that you can tutor a dragon with? There's like a legendary Viashino. I don't remember what it is. Like but an I, old card? Yeah, like a Mirage card. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm not 100% sure uh, which one. It's, it's uh, one red red and then one red red to activate. Search your library for a dragon, put it into play, um, and it's then not exile it. The Rillin of the Claw? Yeah, that's it. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. So that card. Uh, and then I got back out the Tyrant of Juns, restole my Ur Erno. Just got back out, tired of Jun to get rid of the Skithrix that he had stolen, and I ended up killing everybody at the table. So that was the one game that I played on Monday. Now that's interesting because I feel like these days I 
rarely see like board wipes in a game. The like I don't know. I feel like people are just putting less board wipes in their game in their decks, myself included. Other than like uh, like Sea Rift, you know, it's like I I feel like I rarely see a, a Wrath of God or a Save Judgment anymore. So that I think was a is is and was a trend in our local play group. Like when uh-huh. you go to when we used to knock on wood that we can go back eventually when we were going to our local our local store uh a lot less people were playing board wipes like you were saying the sea rift uh i've been playing on play play edh so these are like play groups from i think i've played with multiple people from across the sea wow so yeah there was um but yeah so you're right i think i think the trend in our play group is a lot less board wipes lately mm-hmm yeah, so sweet. Uh, so we're going to go on to the next section, which is going to be about the deck. So here we go. Excellent. 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 Halt! Who goes there? It is I, Arthur, son of Uther Pendragon from the castle of Camelot, king of the Britons, defeater of the Saxons, sovereign of all England. Pull the other one. I am, and this is my trusty servant, Patsy. We have ridden the length and breadth of the land in search of knights who will join me in my court at Camelot. I must speak with your lord and master. What, ridden on a horse? Yes. You're using coconut. What? You've got two empty halves of coconut and you're banging them together. So? We have ridden since the snows of winter covered this land. Through the kingdom of Mercia, through- Where'd you get the coconut? We found them. Found them? In Mercia, the coconut's tropical. What do you mean? All right, so in this section, we're going to be going over the theme of the deck. We're going to give you a general idea of what Sterling was going for, uh, and then we'll go over a little bit of the Questing Beast, the legend that is from MTG. So Questing Beast is a creature from Arthurian legend, often described as a combination of a snake, leopard, lion, and heart. The name Questing Beast comes from the sound it made, which sounded like 30 couple hounds questing. Other sources say the sound it produced was actually the sound of its offspring in the womb, consuming the animal from the inside out. The beast was born from a human woman who had slept with her brother. Yikes. <laughs> I wanted you to do like an upward of yikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know any of the lore of Questing Beast? From MTG? Yeah. No, I don't even know what uh, magic is. <laughs> Jason, I don't know why you introduced me to this uh, podcast. I don't actually know anything. Is this a weird way to get me to play D&D again? Uh, I told you I'm not into that. I'm going to play with my own friends. Sterling, why won't you let me be in your D&D group? recording it all um so uh in the mtg world two individuals are chosen each generation by the questing beast to possibly become high king and queen both have to quest throughout the courts and become knights or and become knighted in each to receive the honor certainly there is no high queen as lindeth linden kenrith was unable to complete the last quest to Embrath. Ha. Outside the realms, in the wild, a place of untamed magic where the fair folk roam. 
So the Questing Beast, for the most part, in the lore, gave the quests to Kenrith and uh, Lyndon Kenrith. I think Kenrith's real name is... Uh, what is it? It's Art... It starts with an A. I'll... You can... You know what? If I handed this to you, you would probably know how to read it, because I'm terrible at this, so I'm going to... How do you say that word? Alginus? Yeah, I would say that. Alginus? I say Alginus. So Alginus Alginus Kenrith uh, became the High King, and Lyndon would have became the High Queen if Lyndon uh, hadn't given up her magical sword to bring back to life both the children, I believe, which are uh, Rowan and... What are the two kids' names? They're dual planeswalkers. Oh, Rowan and Will? Yeah, Rowan and Will Kenrith. I believe she used her magical sword to bring them back to life, or it might have been to bring um, the bring the king back to life. Uh, but she was unable to complete her quest because of that. But she would have. I believe she would have. So that's the lore for Questing Beast in this. He's just the one that hands out um, hands out quests to people. So he's a smart beast? Yeah, he's a pretty smart beast. And you are right. Uh, he is a beautiful, majestic-looking beast. Yeah, very nice. Which head do you think is the Vigilance one? Definitely that, that one that's sticking up top, the middle one. And then Death Touch. Which one? The derpy one off to the side looks like the Haste one. Off which to the right? That, the right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the Death Touch one sort of like slinking back behind the middle one waiting to touch him kind of yeah oh yeah so um so do you want to describe a little bit of the deck to us and what the deck is all about sure so the original idea for this deck came from my lifelong obsession with the cards four from the fog frog has always been a favorite pet card of mine and this commander seemed perfect as a way to maximize four frogs efficiency being able to sack that leaky frog, but only prevent my opponent's combat damage sounded rad. So I went into deck building mode and added old Spore Frog to my list. It didn't take long for me to realize there is a gaping error in my deck already. I was going to prevent my opponent's combat damage, but not my own. And yet I didn't have any beefy creatures to swing with to take my opponents out. This is where the Arthurian legend came into play. Rather than using generic beater creatures to fill up my creature roster, I decided to opt for thematic creatures that would fit into the Arthurian legend. The obvious first category of this would have to be beasts. There are so many beasts in green in the magic card repertoire, it was no issue to find some super awesome beaters to close out the game. The harder part of this was to find the opposing side, the round table members. For this section, I used warriors, knights, a noble, and a wizard, because you got to represent Merlin. The round table members typically have a lower CMC, so the storyline occurring during play with this deck is that the round table members come searching for the beasts, they find the beasts, but then both parties turn against the opponent. I'd like to think of it sort of like X-Men 2, where both Professor Xavier and Magneto gang together to fight off Stryker because that's the best X-Men movie everybody knows. 
So I loved it, Sterling. That was very well done. I I know you read off of the I know you read off of the paper. You didn't have to. Um, well, this that's point, why I wrote the paper so that I, I would fumble around. I know, but you did. I mean, yeah, that was great. Um, why? Ever since I've known you, you've loved Spore Frog. What is it about it that has like drawn you to this MTG card? So when I first started. Uh playing Magic, which was only... I mean, I, I'd wanted to play Magic for years and years, and when I was a, a, a youngster, I didn't have any friends, you know. Oh, and yeah. The so, cool kids <laughs> played Magic, that's what it was, huh? Yeah, cool. and uh, so I wanted to play, but I didn't really have anyone to play with. My brother gave me some hand-me-down cards, and I used to look at them and imagine having friends and playing Magic. And then uh, when I did finally start playing magic commander with some friends in college i made my first deck during the siege tower uh out of cards that my brother had handed down to me and i saw this card spore frog and i was like oh that sounds cool it's a creature but you can also sneakily surprise someone with its fog effect so i put it in there and it was honestly just my favorite card to play every game that I that I got it in my hand. I was like, boom, and then and then when my opponents would try to attack me, I'd like just put my fingers on Sporefrog and be like, don't make me, don't make me do it. And I, I don't know. I feel like it just has a lot of fond memories. I like the art by Mister, um, I believe it's uh, Giancola is how you say his name. And mm -hmm. overall, it's just a quality card. And I think that it's an underrated effect to have a permanent that you can sacrifice to do things like that. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. Um, I think my version of Spore Frog that I really enjoyed was uh, Kami of the False Hope. Right? Is that the, the white one that's exactly like Spore Frog? Um, yeah, and it's got a guy who's like... Yeah, and he's like taking... Like next one, give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I might cut that in there. <laughs> there um, so, and then, yeah, my, I think what I used to do is I used to play a lot more 60 card magic before Commander came out. I, uh, I used to play Modern where you would go get Kami the False Hope with, uh, Ranger of Eos and then reoccur it with, um, a Myria Sky Ruin and you just fog every turn. Um, but yeah, that's great. And then do you have any connection with, like, do you really enjoy uh, Arthurian Legend? Do you enjoy that kind of stuff? Or were you just more, you really like the theme for the deck? Uh, I mean, I'm somewhat familiar with Arthurian Legend, mostly just through, like, school learnings. Uh, I'm not a, a particularly crazy about it, but I think it's cool, and I saw the opportunity to include it in a deck, and I thought that it would be a fun way to add a little extra level of spice beyond just Spore Frog. And... Heck yeah, man. I'm all about the spice. That's all I ever want. I just want spice. I don't even care if the deck plays well. I just want it to be thematic. Uh, anyways, sorry. So with that, that's great. We got a little bit into that. We're going to go on to the next section, which is going to be the deck tech. And here we go. Hey! That is so not what happened! Oh, by Thespis, thou art her, the real Keepo. Otters in costumes? 
Who are you? You see? That's how you spin the staff. I am Puck. And this is my humble troop of traveling bards, the Theaters! Uh, sorry, did you say the Otters? No, the Theaters, as in fee, otter. Why are you dressed like us? So, so yeah, me to go first and read the questing bees. You got it. <laughs> so, all right, so we're going to be going into the deck deck here. We're going to start with our commander. Go ahead, Sterling. So the commander is Questing Beast for two green green. It's a 4-4 four, four legendary creature beast with vigilance, death touch, and haste. Questing Beast can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. And whenever Questing Beast deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to target Planeswalker that player controls. That is a gosh darn essay. Uh, it is a mouthful. That has... So, obviously, why did we pick this as the commander? It's uh, It's got a lot going on for it. I mean, there's there's so many lines of text. You could you could take it in a bunch of directions, but that's what makes it fun. How could you how could you lose when there's so much text on it? Um, and probably for that last line of text is whenever Questing Beast deals combat damage to an opponent, if that damage... Oh, no. Sorry. The, oh, God. There is so many lines. The third line of text where combat damage that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. Yeah, that, that you is very important. That uh, is like half the theme of the deck is is running all, all these fogs and stuff. And just making, like, one-sided board wipes at some points, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Sweet. Um, so then we're going to go on to the first section, which are our quote-unquote mythical beasts. Uh, I'll start off with Craterhoof Behemoth, uh, one that people are mostly familiar with. It's five green, 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 green. <laughs> Haste, whenever it enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain trample and plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control. Now, that uh, doesn't... Go ahead. No, go for it, Jay. So, um, obviously, a finisher and a giant mythical beast. I was just going to say, it's there's only three green. I believe that you got caught up in the greening, and you said four green. Uh, uh, why it's did I invite only, Sterling on? <laughs> only eight mana, so it's perfectly reasonable. <laughs> uh, next, we've got Curious Herd, which is an instant for three and a green. I know, an instant, not a beast, but it says choose target opponent. You create X, three, three green beast creature tokens where X is the number of artifacts that player controls. So it's perfect in a mono green deck. You don't have a lot of artifacts, but get that Urza player and you can create a ton of beasts. Beasts. Give me some beasts, Urza. Um, next one up is Elder Gargaroth, right? Yeah, I said that right? Yeah, okay, cool. He's shaking his head, yes. So, why did you... No, never mind. Three green green, six six, beast, vigilance, reach, trample. Whenever Elder Gargaroth attacks or becomes... Uh, or blocks, choose one. Create a three three beast, beasts on beasts. Put your beasts inside your beasts. Uh, you gain three life uh, or draw a card. Uh, next is Azuri's Predation which is a sorcery for five green, green, green. Mm. And it reads, for each creature your opponents control, put a four, four green beast creature token onto the battlefield. 
each of those beasts fights a different one of those creatures. So this can act like a, a beast-themed board wipe. A beast wrath. A wrath the beasts. Fury of beasts. Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. Uh, Garrick's, Garrick's Horde. Uh, five green green. Seven seven. Trample. Nope. Yep. Well, it does have trample. Uh, but it is a beast. Trample. Play with the top card of your library revealed. You may cast the top card of your library if it's a creature card. Uh, so, I mean, this is obviously, like, card advantage, too, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just being a big 7-7 seven, seven beater. Yeah, it's nice that a lot of beasts have some utility value attached onto them. It, it makes it convenient when putting a deck together. Uh, next is Garuk, Primal Hunter, for two green-green-green. Mm. Uh, it's a Planeswalker... Rook that enters with three loyalty counters, and you can plus one him to put a 3-3 green beast creature token out of the battlefield. You can minus three to draw cards equal to the greatest power among creatures you control, or you can minus six to put a 6-6 green worm creature token onto the battlefield for each land you control. Could you do me a favor, Sterling? Mm -hmm. Could you pronounce his name one more time for me? Uh, Garuk. Garrick? I believe it's Garuk. I'm pretty sure it's Garrick. Uh, I don't know. No, you're probably right. I just, <laughs> I okay, think I, I think I call it Garrick all the time, but I'm pretty sure it's probably Garuk. I think somebody's probably, pronounced it. You're probably one of those people who says Tulane too instead of the Holland. <laughs> Wait, what? One more time? Holland? It's Tulane. It's What's supposed Cullen? to be pronounced Cullen. <laughs> okay. Like a <laughs> Who's I? You know what? Maybe that'll be an episode one day. Uh, Just how to pronounce Cullen. No, not how to pronounce Cullen. How to pronounce magic cards. That uh, would be. I think I think Garrick is a good one to read over because obviously there are so many different versions of Garrick. So, uh, rampaging Bayloth, four green green beast with landfall. You get a 4-4 whenever land enters the battlefield. Trample. Uh, it is also a 6-6. Six, six. Uh, next is Siege Behemoth, which is a 5 green green 7-4 hexproof beast. And as long as it's attacking, for each creature you control, you may have that creature assign its combat damage as though it were blocked. Uh, hold the line. Hold the... And that's the flavor text. Uh, I really... That picture, that art is something else. Oh yeah, that's that is juicy. I do he not think I don't think she. you or she. That's right. These could all be women. Um, mm. Is it is the questing beast a female? Anyways, uh, you know what? I would I would be okay with the questing beast being a female. Anyways, I believe it's a female. I think you're right. Because that lesson that I was talking about, they were talking about its offspring in the womb. So <sighs> I would assume depending on uh, genetics and, and all that sort of biology stuff that, that indicates womanliness. So there you go, world. Questing beast, a female, or whatever they identify as, because I do not assign gender on this channel. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, that might all get cut, but probably not. Um, Thunderfoot Bailoff, four green green, five five trample, lieutenant, 
As long as you control your commander, your commander gets, or as long as you control your commander, Thunderfoot, Bailoff, and other creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and trample? Wait, what? I did not read this right. I'm so sorry. As long as you control your commander, Thunderfoot, Bailoff gets plus two, plus two, and other creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and have trample. If you hear it, it's too late. Yeah, it can't say that all creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and trample, because it already has trample, so I'm sure people would get too confused and think that the two tramples cancel each other out, so they had to word it weird. Or double trample. Oh, yeah, that means that, like, it tramples back and hits you. Oh, I... (laughs) That's that's bad. Um, And last for the beast is Woodland Bellower for four green-green. It's a 6-5 beast. And when it enters a battlefield, you may search your library for a non-legendary green creature card with converted mana cost three or less. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So can't go wrong with uh, with a free three mana creature. And we got a few, we got a few three CMC creatures, right? Yeah, I mean, even if you're just using that to get uh, a mana dork or something like that, so that you can power out more beasts, that works. We're like champion of Lambhole. We have a couple draw spells here, so that'd be pretty good. Um, all right, sweet. So that's all of our beasts. Uh, let's go on to our RT. That's this RT section, which would be the round table personnel. Sweet. So I'll start us off with, uh, and I'm going to need your help because if you have assigned roles to these different characters, you're going to have to let me know. If you haven't, that's fine. Uh, Beast Breaker of the Balaged. Oh, Beast Breaker of Balaged. Sweet, Balaged. One green, human warrior. It has the level up ability, which means you can pay two and a green to put a plus one, or to put a loyalty, or no, a level level counter on it. Uh, It's a 2-2 at level... At level 1 through 3, it's a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, 4 and above, it's a 6-6 six, six with Trample. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that beefy boy. Kazur, Ruthless Stalker, often seen with Ukima. Uh, so Kazur is a 3-3 three, three human warrior for 3 and a green. And it does have partner. So when you cast Kazur, you can uh, have either yourself shuffle or i believe the way that partner is worded you can have you one of your opponents shuffle say somebody did like a vampiric tutor or something like that which i think is a fun thing and it says whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player put a plus one plus one counter on that creature so more relevant now because people will be cracking open their commander legends uh if they decide to buy a box and uh, cracking open their vampiric tutors. So now, say, for some reason they'd have to discard their hand, they'd be like, oh, I'll vampiric tutor in response. Your turn rolls around, and then you get them to shuffle. Mm, that's uh, juicy. That's some juicy stuff. Uh, champion of Lambhold, one green green human warrior. Creature tokens, nope. Wow, thanks again. Creatures with power less than champion of Lambhold's power can't block creatures you control. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on Champion of Lambhold. It is a, or they are a one one. Good evasion, just a really good creature that keeps getting bigger. Something we can get with our uh, woodland bellowers. That's that's a, a powerhouse of a card right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is Keeper of the Beast for green green. 
It's a 1-2 wizard. Now, this is the one that I assumed would be Merlin. That's why I only picked a single wizard. And you can pay a green and tap it to put a beast token into play. Treat this token as a 2-2 green creature. Play this ability only if target opponent controls more creatures than you. So it seems pretty on theme. You're putting beasts into play, especially if your opponents have more creatures than you. It helps you catch back up. It's a great card. The next card we have, and there can only be one uh, wizard, that is. Okam? 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 Yeah? Nod, okay. yes. Okam? Okay, sweet. Uh, adversary? Yeah. <laughs> uh, three and a green, two, three death touch elf warrior. Uh, this creature costs two less if your opponent controls a green permanent. It has death touch whenever it deals combat damage to a player. Draw a card. So I've actually been putting this into a lot more of my green decks just for the fact that most of the time it comes down as a one one and a green creature. Uh, if I can hit an opponent that's open, I get to draw an extra card. It's also a fantastic blocker. I really have started adding this to a lot of decks. I mean, this this card particularly, considering that it's, it's what, 10 cents? I mean, people call it Grob for Green Bob or Dark Confidant because it's the same mana cost most of the time. You can typically draw a card each turn with it. Uh, it's it's a powerhouse, and I also am putting it in most of my green decks these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next, we've got Steel Leaf Champion, which is green, green, green for a 5-4 Elf Knight. Uh, and Steel Leaf Champion can't be blocked by creatures with power 2 or less. One eye open to see the truth of the world. One eye covered to gaze at the goddess within. Oh, I'm the goddess you gotta love within. Yourself. You gotta love yourself. Treat yourself. Um, <laughs> treat yourself. Sir Fenrain, the... You gotta help me. Sir Farron, the Hengehammer. Thank you. <laughs> Sir Fair. Nope. Whatever he said, we'll go with that. Uh, green, green, legendary human knight, legendary creature, human knight, 2-2. Two, two. When it attacks other creatures, other another target attacking creature gets plus X, plus X, where X is uh, their power. Uh, we do have a couple things that buff up individual creatures in this deck, right? Yeah, I mean, there are there are definitely some things that can pump up your creatures, or even if something like, if you drop that crater hoof and you have Sir Farron out, you could pump something else even more. There's definitely a few different ways that it can give some utility, but even if it is only giving plus two, plus two, that can still add up over the course of a couple turns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last for the round table is Yorvo. Lord of Garenbrig. Green, green, green for a 0 0. What? Giant Noble. Uh, Yorvo, Lord of Garenbrig, enters the battlefield with 4 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. Whenever another green creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on Yorvo. Then, if that creature's power is greater than Yorvo's power, put another plus 1 plus 1 counter on Yorvo. And this so, is our. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so he gets at least one plus one plus one counter, but maybe even two? 
insane. Uh, <laughs> so this is our um, King Arthur equivalent, right? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I mean, he's. I think he's the only noble that I put in here because there aren't a ton of uh, nobles in green. So I would say that he is definitely the most Arthurian-looking uh, creature that we've got in the deck. Sounds good. Uh, and now we're going to go on to the second part of the themed part of the deck, which would be the fogs. So we start off with Arachnogenesis. Yeah! Sterling gave me the thumbs up. Uh, two and a green, instant. Put X1-2 spider... Green spider creature tokens with reach onto the battlefield where X is the number of cre attacking creatures or creatures attacking you. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn by non-spider creatures. So, that one I, I think is spicy. It's a couple mana more than a typical fog, but worth it since you get a bunch of little spiders. Uh, next is... Bubble Matrix, which I think is a fun card uh, from the reserve list, so you know it's old, for four colorless mana. And it just says all damage delta creatures is reduced to zero. It's been eroded to, say, prevent all combat, or all damage that would be delta creatures, rather than like reducing it to, to zero. Uh, so it, it works equivalently to a fog. So, uh, all combat damage or all damage? All damage. So if you are playing against a Rurikthar deck or something like that, or I guess Rurikthar doesn't deal damage to creatures, but if Blasphemous you're... Blasphemous Yeah, something like that, it would reduce the damage dealt to the creatures regardless of combat or non-combat. So it's like you're giving everybody a bubble buddy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is his first time. <laughs> um sorry me and sterling sometimes quote spongebob at each other always always kind of everything spongebob <laughs> sorry I'll, I'll stop i'm just thinking about other quotes so next card uh some people might be more familiar with as in constant mist one in a green buyback is sacrifice land prevent all not prevent creatures deal no combat damage this turn there we go all right oh it's fog with with buyback uh, next we've got Fog for green, and it's the, it's the classic, creatures attack and block as normal, but none deal any damage or otherwise Do not. creature as a result of an attack or block. All attacking creatures are still tapped. Play any time before attack damage is dealt. You son of a gun. Or, <laughs> or prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Yeah, I guess there's an easier way to say that, but not as fun. Not not as long, not a brick of text. Um, the next card we have is Leary Fog Beast. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> two and a green, four, two, beast. Oh, another beast. So yeah. our beasts, there are going to be more beasts kind of showing up throughout the deck list. When Leary Fog Beast becomes blocked, prevent all combat damage that will be dealt this turn. It emerges from the mist only to feed. Look at how cute that guy is on the on or look at how cute that beast is on that on that card. He's got the biggest teeth. Yeah, but it's a it's a cute little underbite. 
Like, you, you know, know. <laughs> and he's got his little T-Rex arms. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Master. I can't do what you told me to do. Oh man, that's a deep take. What was that? Uh, Meet the Robinsons. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think this plan was very well thought out. <laughs> okay. Any hoosers. So next we've got Lull. Uh, for one and a green creatures deal no combat damage this turn. There's a bit of a theme in this section, but it also has cycling too. So if you have too many fogs in your hand and you just want to draw a card, you can cycle it. So. I think the cycling is awesome. I also think that cat behind you is crazy good. I wish I could come back to your house and play EDH so I can pet your cats. Uh, nobody can see that because this is not a visual podcast. She's pretty cool, though. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, obscuring Haze, two and a green instant. Uh, this is one of the new commander from Ikoria. Uh, if you control your commander, you can pay it for zero. Prevent all damage that would be dealt this turn by creatures your opponents control oh so that's kind of funny because this card gets around so say like not that anybody plays this anymore but like blood fire colossus so it doesn't say non-combat it just says damage so if your opponents are playing like random things that wrath the board by themselves uh, obscuring haze can save all your creatures from it mm-hmm. plus if you happen to not have questing beast on the board this x Sort of similarly, where it only does it with your opponent's creatures, so you could use it in a pinch. Of course, if you don't have Questing Beast, then you'd actually have to pay for it. So, you know, it's a <laughs> six or half a dozen of another. Sick. And the last card in this section, the Holy Grail of the deck, Spore Frog. <laughs> it's a green mana. You already know. It's a one-one frog. And you can sacrifice Spore Frog to prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Beautiful. The, the end of one life is merely the beginning of thousands more. Oh, God. That means I'm going to see Spore Frog so many more times. Mm. You know, the, uh, the art for Spore Frog is actually a small part of the painting that's called Spore Frog Family. And there's a bunch of Spore Frogs. That's on, like, not a true. It is true. You should look it up. It's the uh, beautiful art that I need. Spore. No, I'm not going to look it up right now. But I will have a link to it in the show notes. So, future Jason, remember this. Uh, sweet. So that was mostly the themed part of our deck. Our, our, our deck. I didn't make this deck. Sterling made this deck. Um, yeah. We're going to go over the ramp real quick. We're going to go over the utility and the instance interactions and the draw sections real quick. Uh, we might not go over every card. We might just say them because most of them we've seen before. If there's any that are pretty obscure, then we'll go over those. Oh, so give me a second. I'll be right back. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. I am not a Krusty Krab. Uh, Patrick, that's the name of the restaurant. Huh? Fish paste. All right, sweet. So, um... Yep, that was my mom. Uh, <laughs> that was my grandma. She's coming over to make the rice. Oh, I'm glad you could get a rice maker in time. <laughs> well, you know, you told me to, so I texted. Um, yeah. 
So, but that's the deal for you and me, Sterling. We're just going to go over them real quick. Just say their names um, and why they're and why they're in their deck. So, um, so I'll start with the first one here. We're going to start with Ramp. So we have Arbor Elf. This taps to untap a forest, a basically a Ramp card. Uh, Birds of Paradise, which taps for any color, and it's a zero one flyer. Uh, next card is Carpet of Flowers, one in a green enchantment. During your main phase, you may add. You may add X mana to your mana pool, where X is the number of islands target opponent controls. Uh, we are in a heavy island metagame, so that's a really good card for us. Uh, next is Chrome Mox, a zero-cost artifact that imprints a card when you when it comes into the play, and you can tap it for a mana of uh, the imprinted card's colors. Yep, and then Crop Rotation, you sacrifice a land to go search your library for a land. It's a green, and it's an instant. Uh, next is Emerald Medallion, two colorless for an artifact. Green spells you cast cost one less to cast. Really good in a mono green deck. Yeah, you actually end up finding yourself um, doing more reduction than even like a rampant growth or anything like that. Sometimes it saves you like four or five mana. It's actually really good. Uh, but remember, that's only colorless mana, not colored mana. So uh, Exploration, uh, one green enchantment. You can play an extra land per turn. Uh, next is Karametra's Acolyte for three and a green. It's a one-four that you can tap for an amount of green to your mana pool equal to your devotion to green, which can get out of hand pretty quickly in this deck. Lana War Elf is a mana dork. I don't know why I said it like that. I'm so sorry. I was trying something new. It didn't work. Uh, next is Mana Crypt, zero-cost artifact. Uh, you can tap it for two colorless, but you got to flip a coin in your upkeep if it lands... In an opponent's favor, oh. mana crit damage to you. What a better way to put it. I think that's how I'm going to start saying it on uh, when I have to roll for my mana crypts. Oh, it was I'm, in your favor. I'm going to start like forcing my opponents to to call the coin in the air. It has and, to be your favor. <laughs> I'm going to dress up like Effie Trinket and be like, "May the odds be ever in your favor." <laughs> You just put, like, an overlay when you're VDHing. Um, nature's Lore, one in a green. Sorcery, search your library for a forest, put it into play. Uh, next is Soul Ring. I don't know if people have really heard of this one. It's one colorless for an artifact that you tap for two colorless. Seems good. I, it's some hidden spice. Well, read read the whole, because people might not have known. Tap, <laughs> tap symbol, add two colorless <laughs> mana to your mana pool. This ability is played as an interrupt. Come on, so Sterling. if this card starts going in a bunch of decks, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh, Wild Growth enchants a... It's a one green enchants a land uh, to create. And when you tap it, you create an extra green. So that Also... Was... Oh, go on. Oh, no. And that was our ramp package. Uh, also, Jay, just take a moment to appreciate... I love that Ice Age Wild Growth art. And I think it fits well with the beast theme because uh, it's like a spooky little skull and some brambles. The So, yeah. And Ice Age did all these arts where it's just a very dark theme behind because it's all also pitch black behind it, which kind of mm -hmm. gives when you look at questing beasts, it also has a more dark theme going on behind it, uh, which really, oh, yeah. really is nice. It's like the the looking at the questing beast art, it's like the floor looks red. I don't know if that's from blood. Blood. Maybe tomato juice. Who knows what it what it drinks to <laughs> to juice up its brain? 
Um, and it could be a questing beast's head in the wild growth. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, so now let's roll on to our draw effects. Do you want to go first or shall I? Oh, I don't care. No, Shalai is a magic card. Mm, you mm. can go first. <laughs> is that because I said Shalai <laughs> is a magic card? Uh, Colossal Majesty. Two and a green enchantment. At the, or no, I'm not reading the whole thing. Uh, so if you have a creature with power four or greater at the beginning of your upkeep, you draw a card. Uh, next is Compost for one and a green and enchantment. Whenever a black card is put into an opponent's graveyard, you may draw a card. This is a card that's been seen a lot more play lately, and I think it's rightly deserved. It's great. I think I think this is kind of an underrated. All, all the cards like uh, Insight, it's a tuna blue enchantment. Whenever a player plays a green spell, they draw, or whenever an opponent plays a green spell, you draw a card or something like that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And Compost, I mean, just the same thing. Uh, Garrick's Pack Leader, four and a green, four, four. Uh, whenever another creature with power three or greater enters the battlefield, draw a card. And that one is a beast, so flavorful. Oh, you got me on that one. I did not realize it was a beast. It's okay. Next is Gavruk's Uprising for two and a green. Uh, it's an enchantment. It's it's similar to a lot of other ones. When it when it enters the battlefield, if you control a creature with power four greater, draw a card. Creatures you control have trampled. And whenever a creature with power four greater enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Seems good. So I think, yeah, a lot of people were saying this is kind of more of an upgrade because of the ability to gain or grant trample and draw a card when it comes into play. So uh, uh-huh. Hunter's hunters Insight, uh, two and a green, instant. Choose target creature you control whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker. This turn you draw that many cards. So a really good uh, extra draw, draw card. Mm, that card's great. And the art on it is fantastic. It's like a... It looks almost like stained glass wolf. It, it uh, reminds me of the the book cover to Sight, which was a, I guess you would say like a furry, a furry's book. But anyways, that's getting that's getting okay. cut. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next is Return of the Wild Speaker for four and a green. This is a new instant that's been seeing a lot of play. You can choose one, draw cards equal to the greatest power among non-human creatures you control. Or non-human creatures you control get plus three, plus three until end of turn. So it's pretty versatile. The curse is broken. Uh, one of more, one of my more favorite cards. I've definitely seen this draw multiple cards. Runic Armasaur, one in a one green green, two five. Whenever an opponent activates the ability of a creature or a land that isn't a mana ability, you draw a card. Just a really great draw effect. Getting draws off those fetch lands. Draws on, draws on, draws. Next is Sylvan Library. You guys know this one where you it's uh, colorless and a green. You may draw two extra cards, and you can either pay four life for each or for one or both of them or put them back. Yep, so you can most of the time it's just pay. Hmm? It, it's kind of confusing. You'd have to, like, read the card and sort of understand it. I didn't describe it well, but... Most of the time it's... it's, it, it's... Pay eight life, draw three cards during your draw step, and then later in the game it's like scry two. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it end up turning into. It's a really good card though. Uh, another really great card is the Great Henge seven seven green green. This costs less where or pay X less where X is the highest creature's power you control, uh, and then it taps add green green. You gain a life, and then whenever a 
a non-token creature enters the battlefield, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it and draw a card. Now that's juicy. That's some juicy. Now this next one is one of my personal favorite green draw spells. Viridian Revel for one green green. And it's an enchantment. Whenever an artifact is put into an opponent's graveyard from the battlefield, you may draw a card. This card has some really good value behind it, and people are sleeping on it. Just smothering time. Every time they crack a treasure, you're drawing cards. Mm. Stop sleeping, folks. Wake up. Wake up. This is the Wake Up Podcast. Um, No. So, funny enough, funny enough, Sterling got this card out against me when I was playing Thopter Foundry. And um, I had no choice at some points to just let Sterling draw. I think it was, like, upwards of, like, six cards that game. Yeah, I got a lot of cards off of it. And it's not even too situational. You get cards off of that one a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think this is a card people should be playing a little more. It's, I think it's mostly, so if this was like a white card, it would probably see tons of play. Like if it was just a mono white card, if it was a mono blue card, it might see some more play. Um, But just in green, maybe we should be playing it more with like uh, other cards that destroy artifacts more often, but I don't know. So now on to the instance and interaction. Uh, Beast Within, we know what Beast Within does. Uh, heroic intervention. We probably all know what that does as well. Mm-hmm. Some protection. Uh, some removal in Kenler's transformation. You enchant a creature. It becomes an elk, so it's basically an Oko ability, but you get to draw a card. Mm, value. A uh, next, Manglehorn, which is two and a green for a two-two beast. Oh. Uh, when Manglehorn enters the battlefield, you may destroy target artifact and artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tap. So it's oh. a bit sexy too. What do I hit? Is that is that value with <laughs> with Revel? Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, and then for some reason, uh, this last game that me and Sterling played together, uh, Nature's Claim happened to be played on turn one against my fellow Arstorn for no reason, just to set me back one mana. I don't know who did that. You but... did that, Sterling. You did that. Oh, yeah. You're right. I don't know why, but you did it. You had it coming. And it set you back a mana. It did, yes, uh, yes. You time walked me. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Worth one mana. <laughs> All right, next up. Uh, Ram through is next, which is a new one that I've been putting in my decks. It's a one in the green for an instant. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. If the creature you control has trample, excess damage is dealt to that creature's controller instead. Oh, I didn't realize it was the excess damage. I thought it was some kind of weird, like, fireball, because somebody played it against me today on Arena. Mm, No, it's not. Uh, But it's still good. Uh, Rampage of of the Clans. Three and a green, instant, destroy all artifacts and enchantments. For each permanent destroyed this way, get a 3-3. Oh, come on, it couldn't have been a beast. Why is who plays centaurs? Uh, centaur creature token. So uh, it affects everybody, including yourself. So be careful if you don't want to lose your great henge and stuff like that. But you do get beasts or centaurs. You could pretend they're beasts. I and just pretend. be careful with this one. It can be very powerful, but if an opponent is playing uh, like an eggs deck or something, then they. <laughs> And then they have, like, 20 artifacts out, then uh, that would be bad news. <laughs> oh, all these 1-1 one, one Thopters certainly turned into 3-3 three, three centaurs. 
Uh, next is Seeds of Innocence for one green green. I think this is another sleeper card. It's a sorcery. Bury all artifacts. Destroy all artifacts. Each artifact's controller gains an amount of life equal to that artifact's casting cost. So three mana for an artifact board wipe won't really affect you, but it could ruin your opponent's game. This is Barnacles. Um, no, I think this card... I mean, I think more people should be playing it. I also think it should really be... Because it's part of the reserve list, right? You can't... This can't be reprinted? Yep, it is part of the reserve list, and the art on it is awesome as well. Whew. Yeah, uh, Seeds of Innocence, I think, definitely something to pick up. Uh, Veil of Summer, I think we've all played against this. It's a protection spell against blue and blacks. Uh, your spells can't be countered. If somebody played a blue-black spell this turn, you get to draw a card, and permanent you control gain hexproof from blue and black. So, uh -huh. and that's for our interaction. So now on to win cons. Okay. So first in the win cons is Beastmaster Ascension for two and a green. It's an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control attacks, you may put a quest counter on it, and as long as it has seven or more quest counters on it creatures you control get plus five plus five important to note if you play this and then attack with seven creatures that same turn they still get the plus five plus five because it happens on attack so you don't have to be like okay now i've got the seven but i have to wait until next turn to, to get the pump mm -hmm. uh finale of devastation x and a green you tutor for a creature that's converted mana cost x or less if you pay 10 into it all your creatures get plus x plus x and haste until end of turn. Mm. Yep. And it is a... X green green. Oh yes, my apologies. X green green. Don't get yeah. too caught up on the green stuff. <laughs> uh, next is Overwhelming Stampede, that card that Jay and I talked about earlier. And it's three green green for a sorcery. Until end of turn, creatures you control gain trample and get plus X plus X, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Great finisher. And then the one of the best finishers, I would suppose. Uh, Triumph of the Hordes, two green, green sorcery until end of turn. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, trample, and gain infect. Infect is uh, pretty common, I guess. And probably some of the worst ways to die for some people. Uh, okay, I think we've only got one section left now. Yep, the utility. Uh, so for this one, uh, the first card is Isochron Scepter, which is a card that people get, uh, they hear it and they get triggered to CEDH and things like that. But in this case, it's two mana uh, for an artifact. When it comes into play, you may remove an instant card with CMC two or less in your hand from the game. And then you can pay two colorless, tap it. You may copy the imprinted instant without paying its uh, mana cost, which can be really good in this deck if you're using it with something like a fog or even something that we play for value or something like Nature's Claim or Ram Through. It can be really good. Or even cards like uh, the next card we have, which is Noxious Revival. One Phyrexian, which means you could either pay two life or a green. Uh, put target card from your graveyard on top of your library so you can imprint that because it's an instant. Um, but where's our dramatic reversal, Sterling? I wish there was one in green. We have, uh, we could do Vitalize if we wanted to untap all our creatures. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, or we can do... Once Upon a Time, which is the next card, for one in the green, an instant. 
If this spell is the first spell you've cast this game, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Can't go wrong there. You look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or a land from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom in a random order. This one, uh, obviously, pretty thematic. It's got a knight going into the forest, presumably to slay a beast. <gasps> Not our questing beast. Oh, sorry. Uh, and then regrowth, one in a green. Return any a sorcery, so you can't put this on Ice Crown Scepter. Uh, bring any card from your graveyard to your hand. So you could replace this with like cards like Balaged Recovery now if you want to, or we could just play Regrowth because both are fine. Uh, one's a land, one's not. So I'm not too familiar with Balaged uh, Recovery. Is that is a is that an MDFC? Yes, from um from. Rise of, or yeah, Rise of Zendikar or whatever it's called. Zendikar Rising. Zendikar Rising. Zendikar Rising. Um, sorry, Doctor Who. Uh, uh I mean, I would still prefer to do regrowth because it's a mana less, but to each their own. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so now onto the lands. Some quick notables, notables, portables, potent portables. Um, Yavamaya Hollow. It is a legendary land that taps to add one colorless to your mana pool or one one green tap regenerate target creature. Target creature. That one can definitely save you in a pinch. Uh, the one land in here that I think is some real spice is Maze of Ith, which uh, you can use on your own creature and it gives it pseudo vigilance because it untaps it, but the Damage can't be prevented, so... Oh, sneaky, sis! So, if you want to keep that uh, that big beater untapped, but still attack with it, then Maze of Ithit, you know? Or your general! Well, he has vigilance. Or oh. she has vigilance. Oh my god, that's right? so crazy. Yeah, but you can save him from the damage. Mm, yeah. Wow, that's that crazy. Uh, and then we have cards like Gaia's Cradle, uh, Moss Bridge... Moss Warp Bridge, uh, Nyxos Shrine to Nyx, uh, Castle Garenbrig, which I think is a great include now. It's just um, has the activated ability to green, green, tap, add six mana to your mana pool, where uh, uh, this mana can only be cast to spe uh, spent to cast be cast on creatures. Uh, it just gets you one mana ahead on basically a land. And then um, Bonders en Enclave, which is also another great include. It's three tap. Draw a card, activate this ability only if you control a creature with power of four or greater. So, so that was the deck. Um, I think it was pretty good. I think it. Have you had any test hands with it or anything like that? Uh, I ha honestly haven't really had too much time to test it out, but uh, I feel like these days I I typically have like a system for for putting my decks together, so they're usually pretty evenly set up. So I would be excited to try it out, though, and I have most of the cards, so maybe sometimes, you know, put it together and, and uh, I'll play it against you, Jay, see how you like it. Hell yeah. You know what I would suggest, um, even if you don't want to, like, put it all together, uh, what we've been doing on Play EDH is we just print up the cards and put them uh -huh. into sleeves and just play it like that, or just print them up and shuffle up blank cards like that. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. If you don't feel like if there's cards you don't want to buy in, in it and stuff. But yeah, sweet. Oh, Sterling, so good. Um, all right, so we're going to be going on to the next section, which is going to be our 
which is going to be our... Well, you know what? We're going to skip gameplay for the most part because we both basically discussed it along the way. We're going to go on to finance real quick, and then we'll go on to the end of the show. Okay. This is impossible. How can this be? Open your eyes. Maybe you'll see. Uh, so the unabridged version of Quest and Conquer runs about $1,800, according to Card Kingdom. Um, <laughs> oh, that's, that's easy. <laughs> you, could, you could probably cut that in half just by taking out uh, Gaia's Cradle. While Gaia's Cradle is a very good card, it is literally half the cost of a $1,800 deck. So that's an easy way to save some money. But I did put together an alternate version that's a budget version that is under $100 according to TCG Player, uh, or so it tells me on Architect. And so I thought we could go through a couple important inclusions in the budget version that uh, didn't quite make it to the unabridged version. So yeah, let's go through four of those that you'd like to go over. What are some of those okay. ones? Uh, so... A big place where you spend a lot of money in a magic deck is the ramp. So yeah, that's an easy place to take out some expensive cards and replace them with some uh, some cheaper alternatives. One of these that I really like is one with nature. It's one green mana for an enchant creature. And whenever enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player, you search your library for a basic and put it onto the battlefield tap. Oh, that's crazy. So this is uh, sort of the Animist, but as a one-mana enchantment. Yeah, and I, I think it, that it's fantastic. Uh, sort of the Animist, I believe it's an attack trigger, while this is a combat damage oh, trigger. Okay, but still, uh, this is really good. Yeah, in one turn, uh, or with one trigger of it, it becomes uh, rampant growth. So pretty good. Um, another one that we took out, this one's for the draw category. Sylvan Library is pretty pricey, so we could replace that one with Beast Whisperer. We'll be playing a lot of creatures in this deck, so you'll certainly get your, your cards value on that. Um, in the interaction suite, the, the cards that I had in there weren't too expensive, with the, uh, caveat of Veil of Summer is a little pricey, so the easiest one to replace that with is Autumn's Veil because it's obviously just budget Veil of Summer. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't draw uh, you the card. Yeah. Uh, as far as the fogs go, Arachnogenesis and a couple others were, were more than a couple dollars, but there are so many fog effects, especially in green, that you could easily just pop in a couple that are, are still like two mana. And, and might have some additional utility. Mo uh, moments piece, winds of uh, Calcisma, a lot of different... Uh -huh. th and they have different effects, like moments piece has flashback, wings of Calcisma gives you a nice um, one-sided fog, stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the beasts, uh, Crater Hoof, and there are a couple others that are a bit more expensive that you could take out and replace them with others. 
Like, yeah, okay. we have some we have some ones that um like t- Tyrannosaurus Rex. Nope, that's probably not how it is. Uh, what's this one? The one that gains a trample. What's that? Titanus Rex. Mm, Titanus Rex is one you could replace it with. Um, Nightingale's uh, Forerunners gives all your creatures trample. Fangren Firstborn. So when it attacks, you put a plus one plus one counter on each attacking creature. Yeah. There are plenty of alternatives that you could replace those with. Uh, for the round table, it stayed nearly the same, except I put in Drum Hunter, which is a 2 2. At the beginning of your end step, if you control a creature's power 5 or greater, you may draw a card, and it also taps for a colorless. So uh, it just seems like some good utility on a creature there. Heck yeah. Um, for the win cons, Finale of Devastation and Triumph of the Horrors were cut. But you could replace those with Overrun, which gives plus three, plus three, and Trample. And Genesis Wave, which is pretty cheap, but towards the end of the game, you get a bunch of mana, and you could just pump out, like, six or seven of your creatures using that, which can be really powerful. And, and, ra- the- and ramp yourself. I mean, Genesis Wave being at $8 right now is probably something for everybody to pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even just getting a few extra lands that enter untapped, who knows what else you could do yeah. uh, afterwards. And then for the utility section, I only replaced Noxious Revival with Reclaim. Uh, Noxious Revival is what, like 5 $6 now, and Reclaim is like $0.10. Cents. So it yeah. does the same thing, but you can't pay life. So. No- Noxious Revival sees, uh, I think, some e- CEDH play and probably some other uh, legacy play and stuff, so it's pretty good, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. sweet. So that I mean, yeah, I'll post both links in the um, in the chat, and then you guys can see how you like them. So uh, there we go, and then on to the last section, which is the uh, outro. Lose my leech. Camelot, Camelot, Camelot. It's only a model. Knights, I bid you welcome to your new home. Let us ride to. So, all right. I just want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank Sterling for giving us both these decks and then for going over the deck lists with us. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel that went? How do you like how this was? Uh, I, I liked it. Thank you for having me, Mr. J. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the invite. And it was really fun getting to brew a nice thematic deck. It's a It's a bit of a break from from trying to build decks that are as strong as possible to crush the competition. I mean, and yeah, and you know, to be honest, I feel like a little bit our play group is in a little bit of an arms race where we keep upping each other and keep improving our decks. Um, not, we're not, I wouldn't say we're at, we're probably somewhere in the six to seven uh, range right now, heading more towards the eight uh, for everybody's decks. So, yeah. I don't think it's too bad. You know, sometimes I like to take a step back. Obviously, this whole podcast is for me to um, <laughs> to let out my need to make thematic decks and um, to take a storyline. Like, maybe one day I'll do The Office, and we'll see if I can make a deck out of The Office. Ooh, that'd be juicy. Yeah, maybe I'll have you on one day and we when we can actually be in the same room and use uh, quality mics. So, But... What are you- 
say about my mic, Jerry. <laughs> I think you have a better, you know, you have a better mic than I do. That's what it is. Logitech made some really good stuff in the two thousand early two thousands. Yeah, that's that's too true. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to thank everybody again. Uh, I told you I'd get somebody on. I did get somebody on. I I just want to say uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can tweet at me at WolfieMTG on Twitter, or you can email email me at WolfieStar12 at gmail.com. Uh, Sterling, did you want to give any contact info or anything like that? Uh, if you do have questions for me, I don't really know what you'd have any questions about, but you can feel free to email me at fogfrogdude at gmail.com. That's F-O-G-F-R-O-G d-u-d-e at gmail.com that's not true yeah that's true no way whoa okay well put that in the put that in the chat uh so then i can post that on that's so crazy uh so that i can post that on the show notes um if you could do that for me or you can facebook message me or text me or whatever you want to do um so most likely i'm going to be coming out with another episode probably soon it's going to be a six CMC tribal deck. I already uh, brewed up the list. And then after that, I should try to make a list about Thanksgiving. Uh, we'll see if I get to do that. It's not going to be pilgrim themed. It's probably going to be giving themed and making probably a group hug deck. Uh, and then I'll either try to get another guest host on, maybe try to get Sterling on again, or uh, I'm still trying to see if I have the courage to ask some other casters about their themed decks but um yeah we'll see so thanks everybody and uh anything else to say sterling anything to plug uh i think that's all but uh you know get your cats and dogs spayed and neutered (laughs) oh my god um and keep it thematic bye